1: Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast
2: Network. Now get ready for Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren.
3: Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only. And do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself.
1: Hello, it's the Wizard of Weird, Joshua P. Warren, and I'm going to be out of the recording studio for a little while to conduct some wild experiments in the field, but I will be back soon with fresh, mind-blowing content and breaking news you will love, so for right now, please enjoy this Best Of episode, and I'll be back with new goodies for you soon, I promise. will be one. And each week on this show, I'll be bringing you brand new mind-blowing content, news exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program. An amazing new ghost photo has been captured, and I am breaking it right here on this podcast exclusively. I've been doing a lot of that lately. I recently broke some amazing UFO footage, and now I have this picture I'm going to tell you all about, plus, plus, we're going to get into who is the devil. That's quite a topic, and I want to warn you that I will be playing some audio a little bit later that really freaks some people out. So... (sighs) I know I talk a lot about inspirational warm and fuzzy stuff, but this is, this is going to be a creepy one for some of you. That said, let's jump into this new ghost photo. Of course, I live here in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I produce the Vegas ghost and UFO show that we do almost every weekend at the Millennium Fandom Bar in downtown Vegas. A very popular cosplay bar. The show is hosted by Nick Weird. It's a big party all the time, but especially on the weekends there. And the manager is a lady named Linda Biamonte, who is also a psychic medium. In fact, if you remember the podcast that I did where I went to the haunted Pioneer Saloon in Good Springs, Nevada, I brought a crew with me and Linda was part of that crew. So Linda contacted me recently and she said, there is this woman who lives in Vegas. She came into the bar. Her name is Teresa Marie, and she took a photograph that I really think you ought to see. I said, "Okay, I'll be happy to take a look at it. Linda sent me a photo that amazingly, I mean, it just immediately made me do like a double take, like what? Okay, here's the situation. Teresa Marie, she studied photography professionally for five years. She now works in the legal field. And on December 29th of 2015, she was at the Church of Notre Dame in Paris, France, late at night, about 1042 p.m. local time. And, of course, as you know, the Church of Notre Dame is not even accessible right now because it caught on fire in 2019, So here she was three years more or less before that, and she took a photo. She was by herself. She was like on a backpacking kind of trip. She she set up a tripod. She had a professional camera, and she took a photo of herself standing there in front of the Church of Notre Dame, and she gave it just a little bit of a long exposure, and I swear to you, it looks like there are two apparitional nuns, like very solid looking nuns standing behind her wearing hoods. And now one thing that I immediately was concerned about was that it looked like, I mean, there was a light in the background. And anytime somebody takes a picture and it's sort of pointed toward a light, that bothers me some because I think, well, could this light have just created this illusion somehow? But I contacted her, I got her on the phone, and let me tell you, she had control photos. She she told me what kind of camera she used. It was a Canon camera. Uh, she gave me, it was actually a Canon EOS T3 Rebel. Never been dropped or damaged. She told me what kind of lens it was, the aperture, again, the exposure time, the focal length, the iOS, all this stuff. I mean, she could not have done a better job documenting what what is in this image. And I sent that to my A-team. I sent it to Mobius. I sent it to a professional photographer, C. Eric Scott. I sent it to historian Vance Pollock. None of them could explain these figures that look so solid in this image. And so I think she has a picture of what appears to be a couple of, of ghostly women standing behind her. All right. And so before I give you more details about our analysis, I decided to bring her onto the show and let her tell you in her own words about her experience. It helps lend credibility to hear from the photographer about how she got this picture. And then after this uh I'll come back and I'll give you more information about our analysis. If you want to see this picture though for now while you're listening to her, go to joshuawpwarren.com, click the link to the curiosity shop, and if you scroll down, you'll just see her name somewhere near the bottom of the page, Teresa Marie, and if you click her name, then that'll take you to a page with all the enhancements. So I got her on the phone, and I just said, please tell us the story, Teresa, of how you captured this photo. And here's what she said.
4: Um, So I was in France in 2015. I was backpacking solo, um, trying to capture all those little things here and there that everyone goes to as a tourist as well as exploring other places. I believe that was my last night in France. I was getting ready to head back to the States um, and I was like, let me go snag a photo at Notre Dame, go explore. Um, And I set up my tripod, um, you know, just with my DSLR I took photography in school and wanted to get a really good long exposure, um, in front of it kind of in an area that it wasn't too crowded right up front and get the whole building. Um, and I took one or two shots before, um, just to get where I really wanted to snap that photo. Um, And then one after it, and I was looking through in my preview pane, um, between the photos and saw something, um, I zoomed in, packed up and and took a picture of it on my iPhone actually and sent it to my little brother in the States and was like, if anything happens, I'm going to this bar, just letting you know where to look for me, um, and it was funny because you could see it in the preview pane. It wasn't like I downloaded it onto my computer and looked and zoomed in later. It was very noticeable um, in my Canon. Um, and I actually ended up not touring or going any closer to Notre Dame. I was kind of freaked out and packed up and headed away. <laughs>
1: And and it's so great that you were able to also capture those control photos that we were able to use for analysis, and um, so now have you captured something ghostly like that before?
4: No, um, I and I looked through all of my photos. I've been all over. I went to on that trip. I went to um, Bath, Bruges, Ghent. Um, it, so Bruges and Ghent in Belgium, Bath in England um stonehenge i went to um the mont saint Michel abbey um and none of my photos had anything else um i've been all over the us um taking photos i've you know been in cemeteries never really thought about it looked at photos in the past nothing like that um i've experienced and seen ghosts um as a kid you know, everyone discredits if you've actually seen them so you don't talk about it much unless you find that little niche of people who totally, you know, believe you and agree with you. So when I caught this photo, it was kind of like, I actually have not, you know, it's proof. It's you can say you see it all day and whether people believe it or not that the photo is real. Um, what I experienced I knew was real.
1: So. For those who have not had a chance to look at the photo yet, um, please describe what you see when you look at that image.
4: Um, So the full image is me standing in front of um, Notre Dame, and I believe it's over my right shoulder. Um, There's uh, To the right of me, there's a lamppost, two women, and then up above my head um, appears to be two floating nuns. Um, one of them, she has a very, um, perf- like it's very pronounced, like the definition to her face. Um, she's, you know, more of an elongated face. Um, very, very red lips. Um, with, I always thought it was a habit. I didn't know what else to call it. That's what I grew up knowing them as. Um, but I believe you, Josh, you had that there was another name, and I don't remember it, but, um, and then there's a, another woman slightly above her to the right of that um, in the photo. One well, would be probably looking at it at the left. I'm remembering actually standing there and taking it. Um, and I wanna say she looks like she has more of a round face with glasses, even. So it was very, like, to me, they were very noticeable immediately with facial features.
1: All right, we have to take a break. And when we come back, I'll tell you more about what we found in our analysis. And I'm going to play some freaky audio for you. You might not want to listen to this late at night before you go to bed. (laughs) But remember... If you wanna see this photo that that Teresa took, I've got it up there right now. I don't know how long I'll have it there. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, there's no period after the P, and click the link to the Curiosity Shop. And listen, while you're there, do yourself a favor. I have uh, a a new surprise I'm going to be emailing out, oh, in the next few days. So if you go to the site and you subscribe for my free e-newsletter, You will be notified of what this is. It takes you two seconds to sign up for my free e-newsletter. People all over the world have done it. And as soon as you put your email address in there and hit submit, well, you're going to get an automated email from me with links to some really cool free stuff that I just know you're going to enjoy. So again, go to joshuapwarren.com and that's where you can start your journey And find all the good stuff. That's my name. I am Joshua P. Warren. And you are listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back.
0: Stay right there. There's more Joshua P. Warren coming right up.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: We are happy to announce that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached over 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows for free. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. Coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Hey, bring us along anywhere, even when you're trimming your tree. Happy holidays from iHeartRadio.
1: strange things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Wizard of Weird, Joshua B. Warren, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver, the Church of Notre Dame. Well, they started building it in the year 1163. Notre Dame de Paris means Our Lady of Paris. And I have been a professional paranormal investigator for around 30 years, and I don't bring people on this show to talk about having captured a paranormal image unless I think it's it's really worthy because I, I have talked to that person. I have gotten thorough data from that person, a lot of details, and had it analyzed by a great team of people. And I want to really thank Teresa Marie for sending this to me. And actually, well, Linda Biamonte sent it, but I want to thank Teresa for talking to me and coming on the show and sharing this with us and letting us post it for you. And when you look at this picture, and again, if you want to see it, go to joshuapwarren.com, click the link to the curiosity shop, scroll down, and just click the link to her name, Teresa Marie. Here she is standing outside of the church at night. And there are, there are a couple of normal women, like tourists in the background who are staring up at the church, but looking over Teresa Marie's shoulder, are these two figures that immediately appear like nuns, but you can only see them from sort of the waist up, or primarily see them from the waist up. They have these kind of white hoods, and their faces are so distinct and so solid that when you look at the close-up, I mean, it's hard to deny that these are some types of apparitions. And again, I hate it that there was a light in the background and it was and this is a slightly long exposure because I know that can create some very weird optical illusions, but in this case, I think that we can't just explain this as a, as a lens flare or an optical illusion like that. It's too distinct. And so here, here's what happened. I, again, I sent it to a bunch of experts. Mobius said he couldn't explain what this was. But you know, see Eric Scott. He is, again, a professional filmmaker and professional photographer. And he said, this is a very interesting photo. He said, I've been trying to come up with any and all practical reasons that would have caused this to happen. I've even researched this particular camera model to see if it had any known long exposure issues. And he goes on to get very technical here. And, uh, he said, you know, I've, I've passed this through a variety of, of filters. And he ends up saying that, um, he, he put it through an embossing filter, which sort of makes the physical details pop and he said in the embossed crop you can even see that the heads have a three-dimensional appearance they don't seem flat they seem to pop out like people sort of you know vaguely transparent people standing there Eric summarizes by saying anyway I cannot come up with any reasonable explanation that would cause this exact thing to happen now Vance my historian, whom I call Sherlock Pollock, Vance Pollock, he he was looking at this in historical context, and he was really impressed. And he said, when you when you look at the type of, of hoods or head garments that these ladies appear to be wearing, he says, I believe this looks like a common Camlet hood. That's spelled C-A-M-L-E-T, a Camlet hood from the late 17th century. We would identify them with the era of the witch trials. He said the hood was often worn loose. That is untied. And then he also included a, uh, a picture of women wearing that. And he said, I have not seen so far any portrayals of nuns of Notre Dame wearing anything quite like this on their heads, but he says it's a fascinating image. So that makes it even more interesting in a way that, uh, we would associate that with something like witch trials. So look, all I can tell you is we've done everything that we can do. She has control photos that do that were taken the same way. It's not in the control photos. We have all the technical information. We have her explanation. We have our expert analysis. And I just, I really cannot explain what we have here. So I hope that you'll go take a look at it. And when you consider that this was taken... Outside of a church, though, it makes it especially interesting. I find churches fascinating and inspirational and creepy all at once because churches are kind of the front lines for what we think of as a great spiritual battle between good and evil. And sometimes evil is able to take hold within the church. And sometimes the opposite can happen, and good things can happen in places that we traditionally associate with evil. It's a big battle that's always going back and forth. And it may be that these women are some kinds of protective spirits that were there around the church, or maybe they knew what was coming up, uh, that there was going to be this tragic fire in a few years. Uh, I mean, again, all we can do is speculate. But when I start looking at the possibility that we have spirits here that are are holy and protective and maybe guardians of this place, well, that I can't help but thinking about the possibility of really scary, negative, well, demonic type things and look, in all my years of doing paranormal research, I've never seen a little a little devil with horns running around that looks like a little gargoyle. I know people see creatures like that. I've never seen like a cartoon caricature of a demon. But, you know, I did interview Exorcist Bishop Brian Willett. Uh, not too long ago on this show, if you haven't listened to that, you might want to go back and listen to it. Fascinating interview. He has a very nuanced way of viewing what say possession is. And he has he says he has seen people levitate and he has seen immortal strength and he's seen people's faces change and he's seen this kind of stuff. And I, I think he is inclined to believe that that humans are the conduit for evil that we have maybe good and evil within us, but the evil is powerless without humans there. And when you think about this idea of like demonic possession, and we try to wrap our our minds around what that, that really means and what that's about, I think of some of the audio clips that I've heard that have been presented to me as authentic audio of people who are possessed and who are undergoing an exorcism. And one of the creepiest pieces of audio that I have is from a supposed Russian exorcism that took place many years ago. And here's the most bizarre thing. I decided to play this for you guys. And I, you know, I, I've done professional radio and audio work for, for decades. And I went to capture this audio just like I've done a million times with anything else. And it took me an hour. I couldn't capture the audio. Every time I would try to capture it, it would play on my computer. But every time I tried to capture it, I would get error messages. And I would put it into programs to convert it, and I would get an error message. And I thought, maybe I'm not even supposed to play this. So finally, I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I, I just took out my cell phone. And I played it on my computer, and I recorded it on my cell phone, and then I just emailed it to myself. So that's what you're literally about to hear. This is a little over a minute, and it's going to be a hard minute to listen to for many of you. But I want you to listen to this and think about whether or not you believe this sounds like there's something actually supernatural happening to this this Russian woman as she is undergoing an exorcism. Okay, are you ready? I'll give you a countdown just in case you don't want to hear this. Now, this is creepy stuff. Three, two, one. Now, what do you think has caused such a reaction in that woman?
4: Could it be safe?
1: All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to play some more downright scary audio for you. And then we're going to dig into that question of who is the devil? I mean, if you were to come into contact with This figure called the devil. What would that really be like? What would that really mean? Maybe it's a little more nuanced than you would expect. Maybe you encounter the devil all the time. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years. Listen to the current live show and get access to the Art Bell vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocostam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocostam.com. That's
3: coasttocoastam.com. Hey, you want to know a secret? Even Santa listens to iHeartRadio. Ho, ho, ho! Happy Holidays!
1: Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joshua P. Warren, and this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. If indeed the minions, the minions of the devil are these demons, can they... Actually, possess somebody? Have you heard of the movie? Surely you have The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It came out in 2005. That was based on the case of a real girl in Germany named Annalise Michel. And she was born. In September of 1952, and she died July of 1976, she was only 23 years old. She died in the midst of an exorcism. And what's so outstanding is they say that she underwent 67 Catholic exorcism rites during the year before her death, and ultimately when she died, Doctors said that they thought she died of malnutrition. And because of that, her parents and the priest were convicted of negligent homicide. Uh, She was diagnosed with epileptic psychosis and had a history of psychiatric uh, treatment. So this is a case where we have a real young woman here who ended up actually dying in the midst of of exorcisms and a legal conviction. Also, they say the award-winning 2006 film Requiem was based upon her case. And so there is what I understand to be actual audio from one of her exorcisms. And I figure, you know what, since this is such an outstanding case, I may as well play just one minute or so of this for you. So you can see how she compares to what you just heard from the Russian woman who was undergoing an exorcism. And I, uh, I don't speak German well enough to actually understand what she is saying in this clip. But uh, once again, I, I'm sure that some of you will find this very disturbing. So we'll give it a little over a minute and here is my countdown for you of her being uh, exercised.
2: Three, two, two, one) <laughs> 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 Und dann doch nicht lange. Ja, das ist doch ein Hügel. Nein,
4: ihr könnt zwar den Massen aus... was, die die sind, sie sind, sie
2: sind
0: nett. Nein. Sieht
2: recht
3: ist
2: Die
4: Dreckslausi sie verfluchten! Oh, ja. Der, 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 der ist ganze Deutschland verflucht, oder? Ja, ja, der ist ja noch drin, Im oh, 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 oh. Namen des dreifaltigen Gottes, Soldatologischen, Nenz, Frau Maria, sag die Wahlheit. Oh,
1: right so that is all the uh, exorcism audio i'm gonna play for you so don't worry about that if that's too heavy for you i get it and as a matter of fact i have attended a couple of exorcisms myself and uh these were many years ago but i saw people make the same kinds of of sounds and their faces contort and their backs arch and they sort of Almost seemed to shape shift into some other type of of creature, and now I've never seen anything that could not just be a hell of an acting job. If you want to get right down to it, I've never seen somebody levitate or create some you know poltergeist phenomena in the room, or, or I've never seen that. Uh, but you know, there is something to this phenomenon. And we have to ask ourselves, all right, well, what's the source of all this? Who is this character called the devil that is supposedly behind all this? And if you just go and you basically start reading about the devil, just to the Wikipedia page, it says, a devil is the personification of evil as it is conceived in various cultures and various traditions. It is seen as the objectification of a hostile and destructive force. It's important to understand that the devil is a figure in many, many different religions all around the world. And, of course, many, we have many different names, Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, Mephistopheles, etc. But as far as the meaning of the word in modern English, the word devil comes from the Middle English word devil, And uh, which comes from the old English word defol. And that in turn represents an early Germanic borrowing of the Latin word diabolus. And ultimately it means slanderer. A slanderer. So slandering things is devilish. And if we, you know, considering that this is a, a, an American podcast, and Christianity is the top religion in the world. It says in Christianity in particular the, that evil is incarnate in the devil or Satan, a fallen angel who is the primary opponent of God. So he was once an angel, and he got mad at God and betrayed him. And this fallen angel now comes down here, terrorizing the world through evil. And he is the the one who's in charge of this realm. He's the prince of this particular realm right now. And as far as how he looks, the Bible is always very vague about that. It says Satan is traditionally identified as the serpent who convinced Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. Thus, he has often been depicted as a serpent, uh, as a serpent. Um, and it on the other hand, it says, you know, in the Bible, the devil is identified with the dragon and the old serpent seen in the book of Revelation. Again, the prince of this world and uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of uh, disobedience. So so basically you know, even though he's, he's called a serpent, you know, if you read the book of Genesis, it says that, well, the, he's talking to Eve. And, you know, we know that I've, we've not t- seen a talking snake. And, and the story basically goes that God was so angry that, uh, he had, that, that the devil had interfered with Adam and Eve that he cursed his form to slither on his belly. Forever And so you get the idea that the devil took on a form that was not like we think of as the modern day serpent. Okay, so that said, there is one moment in the Bible that is particularly dramatic if you really think about it. And that is when the devil sits down and has direct conversations with Jesus. So if you believe in the stories of the Bible and you believe that Jesus was a divine incarnation, perhaps, I mean, you know, some say Jesus was basically God and the devil has decided to come and talk to him. Now, that's an interesting conversation, isn't it? And let's go back and look at just what the devil actually says to Jesus, According to the Bible, in the book of Matthew, it says that Jesus was led by Spirit. Okay. This is something like the Holy Spirit, I guess, to go into the wilderness and to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Well, he was obviously a man and he was hungry. Okay. So I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. But then it says the tempter came to him. Now we're talking about the devil appears. Doesn't say how he appeared. Doesn't say what he looked like. And the tempter comes to him and says, he doesn't say like, let's, let's do battle like Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, he just says, you're hungry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Is hungry. So he says, well, if you're the son of God, You know, just tell these stones to become bread. So what is the, okay, what's the message here? The message is that the devil is trying to undermine Jesus's confidence in himself. Like, well, if you're so special, you know, you don't have to go through this. Use your special magical power and Make, make these stones turn into bread so you're not hungry anymore. And Jesus responds uh, in a very interesting way. He says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's a very interesting point, isn't it? Man shall not live by bread alone, because if you do that, well, you're just like an animal, But humans are beyond that, we're we're spiritual. When we come back, let's talk about the other two things that the devil said to Jesus. And what is he getting at? What's his message? What can we learn by the the morals of these stories? And also, can you bind up the devil? I think I may have some ideas on that for you. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things. On the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I'll be right back after these important messages. Hang on, Josh will be right back.
2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer paranormaldate.com is great for everyone you can also tap into members that are 60 plus at paranormaldate.com slash seniors enjoy your search and have some fun at paranormaldate.com
1: Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren. And think about the devil telling Jesus, "Ah, you know, if you're so great, uh, do that. He's trying to make him maybe abuse his power. Jesus says, man shall not live on bread alone. That's true. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. It says, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. So now the devil's tempting him with suicide. Oh, really? Well, you don't want to demonstrate your power? Yeah, okay. Well, here's another version. Why don't you just kill yourself? And let's see if how how much that God really loves you, how much he's going to protect you. And Jesus answers him and he says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Do not put your Lord to God to the test. So then the devil takes him to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. It's like the devil's teleporting Jesus around here. Shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor and decides, well, I guess this is my last chance to win this guy over. And he says, all of this I will give you if you'll just bow down and worship me and Jesus said away from me Satan for it is written worship the Lord your God and serve him only and that is when the devil gave up and left and then angels appeared and attended to Jesus now isn't that interesting that again it's not like the devil appeared and wanted to do vicious battle like something out of a sci-fi movie no he he tried to come and persuade Jesus and convince Jesus to doubt his beliefs and his truths and to to doubt him himself and his faith in what is good and what is powerful and to ultimately win him over with the superficial and temporary things of this world, because this is the devil's world. It says this is, he's the prince of this world right now. Do you think when you look at the world today, that the demons have been let loose and that there is a lot of this type of realistic activity going on, that we're not looking at little monsters with horns and forked tongues and tails running around. No, it's persuasion of one kind or another. And you have to, to be steadfast there. That's, I think what the devil really is, but you can come up with your own opinion. You know that you can bind the devil symbolically or devilish things. Uh, you know, I have my device on my website called the bad buster and the holidays are coming up and I created a product, which I call the Krumpus buster. It's the anti-Krumpus doll. And I'll talk more about this a little later, I'm sure. But Krumpus is this demonic, monstrous figure that is the opposite of Santa Claus. Santa Claus is old St. Nicholas. He's supposed to show up and give you gifts if you're good. Krumpus instead shows up and he drags you off and does terrible things to you if you're bad. And I created, this is an original creation, a special Krumpus doll that you ritualistically bind up and you put away as the holidays are approaching So you bind up dark negative spirits around the holidays. Seriously, I don't have many of these, but if right now you're getting a heads up before I send out an e-newsletter about this, you'll get a big discount if you go and look at this and you can get one of these. Go to KrumpusBuster.com, K-R-A-M-P-U-S, KrumpusBuster.com, and just look at this thing and look at how cool and interesting it is. But I'll be talking more about the Krumpus on a future show. So I'm giving you a little heads up before everybody else jumps on it. Krumpusbuster.com. Hey, let's see if I can squeeze in an email here from Jennifer in Howell, Michigan. This is something that happened. She said summer of 2007. I was sleeping over at my boyfriend Billy's house. When we would go to bed, he'd always sleep by the wall and I'd sleep on the outside. I awoke at the door creaking as it opened. I laid there, looking at a very tall, dark figure standing in the doorway. Billy started tapping me with his finger. The dark figure entered the room and gazed at us for a moment. Suddenly, it crouched down on all fours and started running around the bed, back and forth, growling and snarling. It had shifted into something like a dog. This thing looked blacker than the darkest shadows in the bedroom. I could not believe what I was seeing, and my boyfriend was tapping me faster now. I was paralyzed with fear, so all I could do was watch the creature on the floor. It stopped at the foot of the bed, jumped up, and clamped its jaws on Billy's foot and yanked him halfway off the bed. Billy sat up as the creature backed into the darkest corner of the room and then disappeared. Billy and I spoke about what had happened, and he told me he could not move or talk when the creature touched him. He said he was trying to call out to me but no sound would come out. We tried to sleep. And the next day we saw that there were bruises around Billy's ankle. This incident baffles us to this day. Billy thinks the creature was trying to steal his soul and jump into his body. Billy's mom thinks it was a demon. The same demon that had taken over her father when she was young. Her father was a very evil man who had beaten the family and mistreated the children. When she was a little girl, her father was locked in the house as it burned to the ground. I don't know what to make of this, as I've had shadow figure encounters, but nothing violent like this. I do know this thing was after something. Oh boy, I can understand why if something like that happens, you would say, uh, yeah, this is some kind of a soul stealer. This is something like this is a demonic monster of some kind that is an incarnate creature here that has come to wreak havoc. I can understand that, Um, but maybe that's something different than than an actual demon that is there to sort of ultimately persuade you mentally. We just don't know. I don't have the answer to everything. And that's what I I tell people from time to time. People ask me questions. and I say, I'm an expert on what we don't know. But I do know that I believe in forces of good and evil and right and wrong. And uh, anybody who watches these serial killer and true crime shows ought to know that. And that's why it's important after you listen to this sort of dark content, and I'm sorry, you know, you have to face it. Sometimes it's, it's interesting. You have to know what the problem is before you can solve it. That's why it's important for you to increase your defenses and to have positivity and to fill your mind with good things and optimistic thoughts to combat a lot of, a lot of the darkness and, and don't take substances that can can weaken you, um, and make you sick, and make you vulnerable. And in fact, a lot of people take a glass of water when I and I'm going to play the good fortune tone here for you. We, you, I think, you definitely need it after this. They take that glass of water and they place it in front of the speaker, and they they play the good fortune tone. It lasts twenty seconds, and then later they drink that glass of water, and say that they feel refreshed and re-energized, and positive, and strong, and that it really does something great for them. So maybe you should try it. If if not, that's fine. Just kick back, relax, take a deep breath, and listen to it. And I hope you've enjoyed this spooky show, but now it's time to cleanse everything. So here you go. Enjoy the good fortune tone.
3: Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
2: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.